0: Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet. So you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com.
1: Good morning. It is Thursday, March 9th. It is six minutes after nine. And you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right, here we go. We're starting it off with Robert Redfield. (laughs) Not Robert
0: Redford.
1: Redfield. Redfield. Yes, totally different guy. (laughs) This is the former director of the CDC. He slammed gain-of-function research as not worth the risk during the House's hearing on the origins of COVID-19. He appeared in front of the panel on Wednesday of the House COVID Origins Select Committee. He blasted the research method, saying he is not aware it has ever created a treatment or life-saving vaccines.
0: Okay, so this is not some radical right-wing... Uh, MAGA, you know, lunatic, not uh, January 6th, Viking hat wearing. <laughs> I mean, this is the former director of the CDC, mm-hmm. right? This is as institutionalized as you can possibly get. And he said all the things. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is about a three and a half minute opening statement. I, we've cut it down here to get to the meat and potatoes of it. But he said all the things. COVID was in a lab. It was gain of function. Gain of function is dangerous. Gain of function is ridiculous. Gain of function
2: should stop. Here you go. Some have contended that there's really no point in investigating the origin of this virus. I strongly disagree. There is a global need to know what we are dealing with in COVID virus because it affects how we approach the problem to try to prevent the next pandemic. The understanding of the origin of COVID is critical to future science research, particularly as it affects ongoing ethical debate around gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function research has long been controversial within the scientific community. In my own opinion, the COVID-19 pandemic presents a case study on the potential dangers of such research. While many believe that gain-of-function research is critical to get ahead of viruses by developing vaccines, in this case, I believe it was the exact opposite, unleashing a new virus to the world without any means of stopping it and resulting in the deaths of millions of people. Because of this, it's my opinion that we should call for a moratorium on gain-of-function research until we have a broader debate and we come to a consensus at a community about the value of -of gain-of-function research.
1: Okay, so there it is. He said there should be a moratorium on gain-of-function research, saying the decision on continuing it should be a societal one and not left to scientists' Alone.
0: Well, it makes sense, right? I mean, COVID was created in a lab. COVID didn't exist in the form in which it existed. They made it. It got out. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't made it, there mm-hmm. would be nothing to get out. We as a collective society, now I'm saying the world society, right, mm-hmm. did this to ourselves. And again, I'm not saying we as every individual hearing our voice, but I'm saying humans created the COVID, because of the gain of function which is put up by people like dr fauci so let's get into that shall Mm -hmm. we well before we do that though uh christopher ray again Mm -hmm. nobody going he's the director of the fbi no one going to confuse him again with the maga you know whatever said the same thing Mm -hmm. covid definitely
3: created in a lab go as the committee knows, the FBI has long assessed, going all the way back to the summer of, of 2021, that the origin of the pandemic
0: was
4: likely a lab incident in Wuhan.
0: OK, so we are hearing people who are being intellectually honest brokers one after another from the CDC to the FBI to the Department of Energy and all points in between saying, yeah, this was creating a lab. Hi, welcome to the party. We were right again. Mm-hmm. The. the The real thing on this, though, is what was the involvement of Dr. Fauci? How involved was Dr. Fauci? And did Dr. Fauci lie and cover up his involvement, specifically in front of the United States Congress? Mm -hmm. Because I think we have only scratched the surface— on how involved that dude was in, in gain of function.
1: Okay, so the Biden administration saying we're still searching for a consensus <laughs> among the governmental agencies. But Redfield, that doctor, he said the U.S. agencies had likely funded the research at the Wuhan Institute. So is this why the Biden administration doesn't want to know the origin? Because the U.S. was funding it? We're culpable? Who else funded it? You
0: know, you know I was thinking about this earlier. You know who Fauci is? He's Harvey Dent mm. from the Batman movie, Two Face. And if you've seen the the most recent Batman, well, the most recent time Two Face appeared in a Batman movie, which was the one uh, with Heath Ledger, where he's mm-hmm. the Joker. Harvey Dent is this infallible. Prosecutor. Now, most people are familiar with Batman, know what I'm saying. But for those who aren't, he is this infallible crime-fighting prosecutor who is the hero this corrupt city needs because he's above reproach. He gets in this terrible accident. He becomes this villain named Two-Face. And they have to protect who Harvey Dent has become because if Harvey Dent falls, then anyone could fall and the whole city will fall. So ultimately, above all else, In the movie, spoiler alert, it's been out 15 years. I feel like I can do it. (laughs) Batman basically takes the blame Mm -hmm. so that the legacy of Harvey Dent can live forever. That's who Fauci is now to the left. They made Fauci this infallible man of science, above reproach, Mm -hmm. could never be questioned, would never do anything deliberately wrong. And now the start story, because the Republicans are gaining some moniker of power, is beginning to quickly unravel because we all knew what he was all along.
1: Okay, so a lot of lawmakers, they're disagreeing on whether officials engaged in the cover-up to hide the virus's origin. And now we're getting down to it. Rand Paul says Fauci was in on the cover-up.
3: The reason Dr. Fauci didn't want any attention drawn to this or to his funding of the lab is that ultimately he would have culpability. Ultimately, there's a responsibility because for years he had advocated for gain-of-function research. He's even quoted as saying in 2012, if a pandemic should occur, if a scientist should be bitten by an animal and the virus gets out of the lab, it would be worth the knowledge. But in late January 2020, there's a flurry of emails that go on all night long till 3 in the morning Hmm. The next day, there's a video conference and eight good friends of Fauci, scientists, famous virologists come together and they say, Dr. Fauci, we think this leaked from the lab. The virus, the sequence of the RNA is suspicious. We think it came from the lab. And at the end of the phone call, they all became convinced otherwise. And they agreed to write an article saying something the opposite of what they were saying in private. So yes, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins and others orchestrated a cover up.
0: I think it is becoming abundantly clear. And again, we have been saying this for years on this show, not because we're some fortune tellers or seers of the future or whatever, but because we are intellectually honest brokers with our audience every day. And what was obvious and abundantly clear very early on in this is this came out of a lab. Mm -hmm. It was man made. And it was very, very, very likely that our government was in on it. It's all coming
1: true. So the House on Friday is set to vote on a measure calling for the intelligence community to declassify all information relating to the origins of COVID. That's already passed in the Senate, and it is expected to pass in the House as well.
0: All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Mm -hmm. a bit of good news. The testing results have come back on some of that stuff headed to or came to or went Mm -hmm. to. Already there. Already there in Putnam County, it looks like maybe some of those dioxins mm-hmm. were not found in the testing. so the governor put out a statement about that. Uh, we will get to that when we come back.
1: It's Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC.
5: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: Well, she was an girl. 20 minutes after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and Trenting this morning, 50 Cent. Curtis Jackson, he's going to be signing bottles at Big Red Liquor on Friday from 6 until 7. He said, make sure you come hang out, pop a bottle. We're going to have a good time. Is he a thing still? Well, he's got this booze that he's got, so that's his thing.
0: I know, but I mean, is he is like a thing? If 50 mm-hmm. Cent said, I'm doing a concert, mm-hmm. 50 Cent. Now, Kev, this is maybe a more a question for you with the young, although he's my generation. Okay. Yeah, I think millennials would go see him. Okay, so would he be able to play...
1: One song, yeah, into no, no, in no, no, club. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> but what
0: I'm saying is, would Fifty Cent be a person you would say now appearing at the Vogue, mm-hmm. or is it Fifty Cent big enough to say now appearing at the Marat No, he's he, not. He's he, not he, Fifty he,
1: Cent is appearing at Big Red Liquor in Greenwood.
0: <laughs> I can see him being at the Vogue. He's the. Is he a Vogue level of talent? Because, I, think I mean, so. he, there's no way he's big enough to, to play Bridge, right? No. He could 50 cent by himself. Maybe with some other people. Yeah, he could be like, if it was MC Hammer and 50 cent. Multiple ticket blah, show. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I was just trying to get a perspective on what the crowd might be like at mm-hmm. a 50 cent. Uh, what is it? Is it a bourbon or what is it? Does it say?
1: Uh, It's a cognac, and he's got champagne. Okay. Yeah.
0: To buy a bottle, and you get to meet him, or an autograph, or...
1: (laughs) Yeah, he'll sign the bottle, if you buy it. Okay. Okay, so that's in Greenwood on Friday from 6 until 7. That's in Greenwood? Yeah. Kev! perfect. Hello! Also trending Dairy Queen... Dairy Queen celebrating first day of spring with free ice cream free cone day will be Monday March 20th at participating DQ locations nationwide. Hey, there you go. Get your small vanilla you, soft serve. You know I cone. love the Dairy Queen. Yeah. And lastly trending Jill Biden. She presented an International Woman of Courage Award to a biological male.
3: In Argentina, Alba Ruada is a transgender woman who was kicked out of classrooms, barred for sitting for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence and rejected by her family. But in the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI plus community in Argentina. Are you kidding me? After women were barred from schools...
1: Are you kidding
0: me? Well, you're a woman, so I'm going to leave this one up to you.
1: I am so sick of women being disrespected and treated like things without intelligence, objects who have nothing to offer but looks, until they get older, and then they're tossed aside, no longer in their prime. Are you telling me the only woman in the entire world that Jill Biden could find who is courageous is a man who put on a dress? Well, you knew what? That is courageous because being a woman now sucks. I'm so tired of women being overlooked, underpaid, and slighted, ignored, rejected, and underappreciated. The sooner this clown show of an administration is booted from office, the better the country and the world will be. It's ridiculous. The International Woman of Courage Award goes to a man? That is crap. Jill Bynes should be ashamed. Every woman, every woman should turn their backs on her and her bumbling buffoon of a husband. Now I'm done. Can I clap now? Yes. That's so well done. That is awful. That's great. Awful. I love that. International Woman of Courage Award goes to a man.
0: Yeah. And this isn't a thing like, you know, we've talked about before in this show after. You know, nineteen twenty when women got the right to vote, what happened shortly after that. I mean, it's in no way a conversation about that. It's just about well, woman is a woman, right? Yeah. It's it's just it's they have just totally re my wife and I were talking about this last night, that they have totally bastardized the meaning of everything to the point where nothing means anything, and they are so flippant about it now. They don't, they don't, they don't, it's not, it's just so blatantly obvious. And my question to you, Casey, as a woman is, what are women going to do about it? Because ultimately it has to be, it has to be the women who do something about it. What are women going to do about it? Well, I
1: just did my part.
0: I know, I know you did, but I'm saying as a collective because we keep hearing, oh, women—they're such a stronghold for the Democrat Party, and Biden is doing well, has done well with women in the last. Ele- are are do women as a collective share your view? Your view is very similar to my wife's on this. Do do they share? When do they start standing up for themselves, and why do they keep voting for these people who keep? pushing this agenda, this sick, weird, bizarro agenda.
1: I don't know, but it has to stop. Women on Men on women's sports teams getting awards. I'm done with it. I am so done with it. Every, every woman should turn their back on Jill Biden and this entire administration for doing that. What is the International Woman of Courage Award? It's it's a stupid little award, but you can't find one woman in the entire world who's more deserving than a dude who put on a dress?
0: What is—my inter- wife and I were having this conversation, too, because we are very confused about the idea of International Women's Day. Period. Like, what was the point of it? Is the point of it... It's supposed
1: to be to celebrate women. And that's how we're celebrating it?
0: Okay, so that was my question to you. Is is, The premise of it is to say, we are proud of women, we like women, we love women. I mean, I guess we should just say that every day. But uh, I guess if we're going to have a day, if that is the premise, maybe was Joe Biden not informed that that was the premise of the day?
1: can Can you imagine being in that meeting... When they're discussing, oh, we've got the International Woman of Courage Award coming up. Oh, who are we going to give that to? I know. Let's give it to a man.
0: Uh, Look, uh, I remain perplexed at an overwhelming amount of things that not only this administration and the left is willing to do, but what the people are willing to tolerate. And I think that becomes the question. I think you have articulated this absolutely perfect. I've totally tried multiple times to make you crack and smile and you will not do it, which means you're very sincere. And, um, I think that's wonderful. And so I guess the, the overarching question becomes how much more of this, where is the end of it? Is it a man wins international women's day? Is it a man dominates women's sports? At what point do women collectively say, We are totally being dismissed. We are being belittled. We are being unappreciated, not appreciated. And we've had enough of this. And we're done, and we're going to stand up and vote all these people out of office. I mean, that's the answer to it, but I don't know when it is. That was a great segment. You did awesome. You know what else is awesome?
1: Yeah, what?
0: Well, it's the news. Well, uh, Jim Merritt's awesome, and he's joining us next to talk about how you're still getting no help on property taxes. And Kurt Darling, who I know totally reveres women and uh, is getting married soon, as I understand it. He will also be with the news as
1: well. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
0: WIBC, it is. Casey's show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. Casey, I don't know if you know this. It's another week in the Indiana General Assembly, and it's another week where nothing's gotten done on our behalf <laughs> with the property taxes.
1: Are you surprised?
0: Well, no. Um, I was holding out hope that maybe in a random, confused, accidental act of government accountability, somebody might stand up on our behalf. But clearly, they're too busy fighting with me at uh, 11.45 in the evening. Mm-hmm. So, let's find out about another week of underachieving for the taxpayers at the General Assembly. And for that, we go to the guy who spent 30 years in the Indiana General Assembly until he'd had enough of the those people and said, I'm out of here, former State Senator Jim Merritt, Senator, how are you? Good morning, Robert, Casey. All right, so another week where your former colleagues over there at 200 West Washington are totally inactive on the property tax front, is there anything we can do at this point to motivate these people to do something, or have they just said, it's too complicated, we're out?
4: I think we're headed toward a real... Uh, A real explosion of property tax uh, problems, and and, uh, in regarding to the assessment, Robert, and it's almost like you need a uh, you need a tragedy or you need a a crisis to solve it. And we're going to see it in May. We're going to see it in November, and uh, and and then they're going to have to clean up after the parade. Yeah, because there's 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 no excuse
0: at this point to go. Well, we didn't know this was happening. Everybody knew it was going to happen a year ago. It's, sometimes there are things where they go, nobody saw that coming. There's no way they can excuse. Oh, nobody saw that coming. We were talking about it a year ago.
4: Yes, and and uh, we've spoken on this fine program before about when they went to special session last summer. Uh, this could have been uh, an item, a big item to study. Uh, for the last six or eight months, and they really missed their opportunity. They really missed their opportunity.
1: Jim, you mentioned that there would have to be a crisis or something, but isn't that what we're heading towards?
4: That's exactly right. And uh, and uh, Rahm Emanuel, when he was chief of staff to to uh, President Obama, said uh, they love a crisis, and and that's what's going to happen. The, the the property taxes are going to come in the mail. And many people are getting a warning right now in the mail, and it's, they're going to have to uh, – we, we saw this in 2007, and, and Mayor Bart Peterson, uh who had really nothing to do with property taxes, uh, paid for it in losing that election to Greg Ballard. And so this municipal election coming up, uh, it, it's going to be a hot issue, and the, the mayor candidates are going to have to handle it and tell us exactly – uh, what the problem is and how they're going to solve it when they really don't have the tools to solve it. Legislature is going to have to uh, come to the fore. There'll be p- people marching on the state house, as it happened in 2007, and it's going to be a mess.
0: Jim Merritt, former Indiana State Senator, our guest, talking about another week in the Indiana General Assembly. So another bill that's kind of now getting on people's radar, uh, it looks like there are two competing bills, one in the House, one in the Senate, is this bill that would create a 25-foot buffer zone between law enforcement and bystanders. And look, Jim, I get the idea of saying, hey, you got to give police room to do their job, but 25 feet seems really far away in an era in which we should want transparency for our police officers. They're acting on the public good, the public benefit. The public should be able to observe what they're doing.
4: Where are you at with this? Well, Robert, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know. It's a lot like during the pandemic when somebody uh, picked the idea that six feet, you had to be away from somebody uh, by six feet <laughs> yeah. in a grocery store. Uh-huh. And and it's really subjective. And I'm not sure why they picked the, the 25 feet but but i do think that it's sad that we actually have to uh have a state law that uh that demonstrates that We can't have uh, crowd control when police are trying to do their job. Yeah, I mean, I was was,
0: was trying to do the math on this, Jim, and you're a longtime Indiana basketball fan. So that's seven and a half Eric Montrose's, the uh, (laughs) famous uh, center, center from uh, Lawrence North. um, That's seven and a half. uh, That's four and a half seven foot. Or, I'm sorry. That's three. I'm sorry. Let me do my math again. That's three and a half Eric Montrose. So I'm so caught up, Casey, trying to say the name Eric Montrose. Mm-hmm. That's three you and a half it. Eric Montrose. Is the former seven foot center from Lawrence North. And if you lined him up, you'd say three and a half of him. That's a long way away. It, it seems like can there be a middle ground between? Uh, hey, don't be up in the police's biz while they're doing their job, and three and a half Eric Montrose's.
4: Well, it's sad that we even have the bill. Yeah. And I really don't know where the bill started from. And as well as the, I would much rather the legislature and the governor be working uh, along with Superintendent Carter with the Indiana State Police with an an urban setting where crowds might gather uh, for a protest and and make us all safe. Because we know, Rob, you're right in the middle of it. And if I were mayor, I would have been right by you uh, with the riots of. May of 2020, uh, maybe this would be um, maybe maybe somebody is thinking that that's going to happen again. And hopefully we've learned from that. And and so that we if we do have crowds around police officers trying to do their trying to do their um, duty, then 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 uh people give them room but i'm i'm not I'm just not certain why we have the bill uh police officers ought to be able to be given a certain amount of of um area to do their job. I'm just not sure if twenty five feet is the amount of uh of uh room to do that
1: Jim, do you think that bill will pass i
4: right, i think I think it's gonna probably uh have a, a, a probably have a difficult time because it, 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 it's hard to explain why 25 feet is the amount that they need. And so that may be cut down. That may be increased. Uh Like I said, I would much rather be that people be uh, using their time to make sure that we're safe, that police officers have the ability uh, if they have to stop a car on the highway that people people make sure that they go around uh, him or her in a in a um, slow fashion i 'd much rather be worried about public safety than how many feet are around the uh, Scrum or whatever they're trying to yeah. protect pl- uh, police
0: from. Former State Senator Jim Merritt, our guest, uh, a couple minutes left with him. Real quick, before we let you go, you obviously were the last Republican mayor uh, candidate in, in Indianapolis. You're absolutely right. The riots wouldn't have happened if you'd have been the mayor because Hawks had allowed them to happen with his – well, Hawks didn't give him the order. We don't know where he was, but his staff with the famous Let Them March order. So you're right on that. And so that brings me to this question, which is the Republican Party left you for dead in 2020 uh, – in 2019 bragging about all these other mayors across the state that they're helping elect. And then of course they didn't help you at all. If you're Abdul and he's probably the front runner on the Republican side, does he have any chance to beat Joe Hawks? And if so, what is that path? How does he do it? Because I don't know how you do it when a guy's going to outspend you three, four, five to one. And is the incumbent.
4: Well, I, I, I think that, uh, I think it's a uh, I think it's a very difficult path and in uh, and this property tax issue that we that we have spoken about on this program, may be uh, it, it just might be a catalyst to give the mayor candidate who survives the primary, and that and I think everybody knows Abdul, and I think he has a good chance to get the nomination. But it's a it's a sixty forty uh, it's a sixty forty blue county, and he has a incredible path uh, a, a just. It's, it's just a very, very difficult campaign and, and, uh, Republican party has to get behind him and, uh, as well as he has to get disaffected. He has to get Democrats and independents to vote for him. And, uh, it will be an interesting year to follow it. Uh, but whoever the mayor candidate, mayor nominee is, will have a, um, a difficult, difficult road to hoe. All right, uh, former
0: Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt, 30 years in the Indiana Senate. Nobody knows these guys like you. Thank
4: you, as always, my friend. Uh, thank you. And it, everybody, we will have Merritt in the morning next Thursday. Uh, we're going to be looking at all sorts of issues, uh, local, state, and federal, and hope uh, you take a listen to our podcast.
0: Casey, when we come back, mm-hmm. there is some incredible news involving Tiger Woods. And oh, now he yeah. is now, I guess... Ex-girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend.
1: Well, he's kicking her out of the house, so I think they're exes. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
5: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: Good morning, 947. It's Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC. Let's talk about Tiger Woods. And his former girlfriend. She is suing him to avoid an NDA, non-disclosure agreement. She claims she was forced to sign, filed a separate case against his trust in October, alleging that he kicked her out of their shared home, and she's now demanding $30 million for emotional damages. Emotional damage!
0: Okay, so based on how the marriage went and then how this one's going... Mm -hmm. Tiger should just stop dating.
1: <laughs> he needs to be single for a while. I, Work on yourself, Tiger. Because it keeps happening. Mm-hmm. And
0: it, it is fascinating that um, you you said, you brought this story up, Casey, because I've long wondered why. So uh, Trevor Bauer is a great example. Mm-hmm. People may remember Trevor Bauer was this incredible pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, was, I believe, the highest paid player in baseball. He gets alleged that he committed... Uh, violent uh, unwanted violent sexual acts against a woman the woman tried to get a restraining order against him the judge ultimately found no reason for that ultimately the prosecutors looked at this and said there's evidence that appears to say via text message the woman enjoyed that sort of behavior we're not going to file charges Mm -hmm. and yet he still is out of baseball he got suspended for basically two years he's now been released by the dodgers and so i i said at the time hammer and i talked a lot about this and i think you were here when we did this i said i am amazed that these professional athletes with anyone that they engage in any sort of dating or you know sexual relationship with or whatever do not make every single person before they enter into that sign sign, sign a non-disclosure agreement yeah and and or consent agreement or what you know whatever It appears Tiger did that, Mm -hmm. and he's still up in hot water over it.
1: Right. Okay, so the complaint says that she provided, quote, valuable services (laughs) at Wood's request, and it was part of an oral agreement. Oh, agreement. Thank you. It was part of an oral agreement. Yes. Yeah. And now she's demanding $30 million for what she claims are breaches of duty that left her suffering severe emotional damage. Now, there's
0: some sort of law that says that if you are a victim of sexual abuse, that your non-disclosure agreement cannot be forced. Mm -hmm. And this woman, Erica Herman, she's 39 years old, by the way checked the box, according to Daily Mail, under the question, does this case involve allegations of sexual abuse? So this is what has kind of gotten everybody's attention. Now, look, we have no idea what that means. We have no idea where this is going to go, what the allegation even is, much less if the allegation happened. Because again, as we saw with Trevor Bauer, everybody jumped to conclusions. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, when it got into the legal system, Mm -hmm. a... And the truth began to come out A judge said this guy is of no threat to this woman So we're not issuing a restraining order And then the, the the law The prosecutors looked at it and said Man there's some some Pretty good evidence here that she was Having a good time based on the Correspondence between the two of them So we're not going to press charges So you, you just have no idea what this even Means and of course now it's a huge news Story and so that's why I come back to Tiger should just it's just serious relationships are just not your thing, dude. Okay. It so just doesn't end well for you.
1: She's claiming that he persuaded her to leave the 48 million dollar home to go on a short vacation, but when she got to the airport, they told her she was locked out of the property. So,
0: so they. <laughs> her allegation basically is he lied to her and said, "Hey, honey, we're gonna go to the Bahamas," and she gets out of the house, and then when she tries to get back in the house, and I guess there's no trip or whatever. Yeah. We're done. Na, na, na,
1: na, na. That's how we broke up. Uh,
0: that, that, that seems like a huge stretch, doesn't it? That Tiger Woods would behave in that manner. Ha, <laughs> ha, tricked
1: you. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to break up, just break up. Do the thing, have the conversation, and end it, rather than lead her on some Yeah. goose chase. You're of, Tiger Woods. We're going on a trip and... But... Second, she steps out the front door. This is he the, locks the door. This is, and she's but out.
0: I understand. And Casey, on on the service, you would say, okay, this is one of the richest, most powerful people. No, he's not powerful in the sense of like a politician, mm-hmm. but in terms of branding, name identification, ability to do whatever he wants to do, he's one of the richest, most powerful people in the world. It does seem a little absurd that he wouldn't have all his eyes dotted and T's crossed, especially with someone he's not even married to. Mm -hmm. However, this was the same guy who allegedly was hooking up with porn stars and Perkins waitresses while he was married and then ends up allegedly getting a golf club smashed through his window Mm -hmm. by his now ex-wife after he'd allegedly, I think, run over a fire hydrant and was passed out in the street. So, I think I got all those details correct from the last one. So, Maybe all the I's dotted and the T's crossed doesn't always apply with Tiger Woods, which you'd think it
1: would. Yeah, well, okay, so she's claiming that his representatives removed $40,000 of her money and then made defamatory allegations about how she got the money. And I'm curious, did she get the money from her, quote, valuable services that she gave to him? We'll see.
0: Now, here's the other thing that's interesting. They were together... Supposedly for like six years,
1: right? And they live together in this house, a forty-eight million dollar house, with his two children as well. What's the what's the what's
0: the time limit, Casey? On you have dated someone for this long, you must marry them or break up. There's a, a number, right? If oh. you have dated someone for a certain length of time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: doesn't decent society put a, put say a ring on it? You got to marry this person, or you, y'all just got to move on your on your merry way. Hmm. What is that number? <laughs>
1: Is it three years? (laughs) That's that sounds like a good number.
0: If you don't know by by that point.
1: Well, and you know what? Maybe he's saying the first one didn't work out so well. Yeah. And he had to shell out a lot of money. Uh Uh-huh. So he's never, ever getting married again. Well,
0: it appears this one didn't work out well either, and he may have to shell out a lot of money. So (laughs) apparently the marriage was not the catalyst to that.
1: So maybe he should just remain single. Hey, let's talk about what's online right now at WIBC.com with the side piece. It is the top serial in the state of Indiana. I know you're not a big <laughs> breakfast guy. No, I'm not. Do you eat cereal? I, you don't like the, the eggs and the sausage no, and the bacon because cereal. of the grease.
0: And I will eat cereal. At, I'm like Jerry Seinfeld. I will eat it at other times of the day, too. I don't really consider that a breakfast food because it's not grilled. There's not grease, all mm-hmm. that other stuff associated with
1: Americans it. Americans eat roughly 2.7 billion boxes of cereal each year. Uh-huh. That amounts to about 14 pounds wow. of breakfast flakes that wow. you consume annually. Here's the question. Do you put the cereal in the bowl and then pour the milk on? or do you fill yeah, the bowl with first. milk and then add the cereal first? Cereal first,
0: then the milk has to try to touch the cereal.
1: Mm-hmm. The global market for cereal is about $54 billion. The number one cereal in the state of Indiana. Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
0: I can see that. We seem like a Cinnamon Toast Crunch state.
1: 9.55, it's Kendall and Casey on 93. WIBC, good morning. Nobody does.